0: From the nation's capital, this is D.C. Public Safety. I'm your host Leonard Sipes. Ladies and gentlemen, the topic for today is synthetic drug testing. This is a topic of great importance throughout the United States, and we have a new capacity here in the nation's capital as of October 1 uh, to do synthetic drug testing. To discuss this new capacity, we have two guests. Leslie Cooper, Deputy Director of Pretrial Services Agency for the District of Columbia, www.psa.gov. Jerome Robinson, he is the Director of Forensics Research again for Pretrial Services Agency for the District of Columbia. And to Leslie and Jerome, welcome to DC Public Safety.
1: Good Hi. afternoon. Hi. Thank you.
0: Hi. All right. You know, this is a really interesting topic because this is an issue that is. that is that parole and probation agencies, pretrial agencies, criminal justice agencies throughout the United States are facing right now. Um, And we have this new capacity, new equipment, uh, new protocol to test the different people that we have uh, under supervision um, for synthetic drugs. Now, the amazing thing about this is that that's like 25,000 samples a month. All the samples that we take Uh, ordinarily, we are to start testing for synthetic drugs. So before getting into synthetic drugs, Leslie, tell me a little bit about the Pretrial Services Agency for the District of Columbia.
1: The Pretrial Services Agency for the District of Columbia is a small federal entity. We're actually housed under the umbrella of the Court Services and Offender Supervision Agency. We have a fairly simple and straightforward mission, which is to promote pretrial justice and enhance community safety.
0: It is considered one of the best pretrial organizations in the United States. You have higher rates of compliance. Um, I've taken a look at the national averages for Free trial and the national averages throughout the United States, you have more people returning to trial than just about anybody else.
1: It's true. I think that we benefit from um, here in D.C. We have a very strong um, statutory structure which allows us to um, operate from a system that presumes that the best status for someone um, who is awaiting trial is released to the community. Our responsibility in that regard is to um, conduct risk assessments for individuals who are arrested and then make recommendations to judges. Prior to their appearance, and then for those persons who are actually released while awaiting trial, we provide the supervision right. through their appearance
0: and and drug testing. Okay, correct. Um, the presumption in the District of Columbia is release unless there is a public safety reason to hold that person. Correct.
1: That is correct.
0: All right, so that makes us unique, um, and so we're not. It's not a money bail in the District of Columbia. Now, pretrial does the testing for our agency, Court Services and Offender Supervision Agency, as well as pretrial services, correct?
1: That's correct. So in addition to our supervision um, and release detention recommendations function, we serve the primary purpose of providing drug testing for individuals in the criminal adult criminal justice system here in the District of Columbia, which includes probation, parole, pretrial, supervised release. We also do some testing for respondents with matters in the D.C. Family Court.
0: Okay, but we also do lockup, and this question um, goes over over to Jerome Robinson, Director of Forensic Research for pretrial. Jerome, we have, uh, it's a bit complicated, we test at lockup, where people who are arrested in the District of Columbia, it is essentially voluntary, and um, let's just say 60 to 80 percent of these individuals do provide samples unless a judge orders it. So it's voluntary unless a judge orders it, but the majority do provide samples, correct? That's correct. Okay. Pretrial, which is the second part of this is that those who are ordered by the judge, which are the vast majority of individuals on the pretrial supervision, right? Yes. Okay. Um, Parole and probation, which is us, Court Services and Offender Supervision Agency, and again, like Leslie said, we are a federal agency with a local mission. Uh, We test at intake, and we do a lot of testing once or twice a week. Um, It can be that high. uh, You can gradually come off of it if you test negative, if you test Positive, You go back to the original testing schedule, uh, but tests are also based upon the risk level of the person under supervision. Do I have that correct? That's basically correct. All right, so it's a tripartite series of tests. Uh, I know, Leslie, you mentioned family court and other instances, but basically speaking, we test at lockup, we test for pretrial, and we test under parole and probation supervision. Those are the three, and 25,000 samples a month. That's correct. That's amazing. 25,000 samples a month we're testing for from those three populations, correct? That's correct. That's amazing. That's a lot of drug testing. Yeah. And and we ordinarily test for what? Um, Cocaine, um, amphetamines, PCP? What else? Marijuana in some Marijuana, circumstances.
2: Methadon, methadone, opiates.
0: Methadone and opiates. Oh, my heavens, I forgot opiates, yeah. um, considering that I've been around the criminal justice system for 45 years. How did I leave opiates out of that? We understand that at all three levels, whether it be lock-up, uh, whether it be pretrial, whether it be uh, under parole and probation supervision, some people that come into contact with us are going to use synthetic drugs to escape testing positive. Some sample is going to, 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 to do that, correct? That's, yes, that's correct. And there's research out there that indicates that there are somewhat substantial numbers of people who tested negative But when we retested those urines, we come to find out that they tested positive for synthetic drugs. Yes. Okay so synthetic drugs is a problem it 's a problem in the district of columbia it 's a problem throughout the United States and, and but ladies and gentlemen, in the show notes, we did a television show um, about a year and a half ago on synthetic drugs, and i 'll be putting the link in the show notes to that television program that we did so we're talking about overall between these three populations and twenty five thousand samples a month we're talking about somewhere in the ballpark of twenty five to twenty six percent testing positive. Within any
2: sample. Overall population. Overall population. 26%.
0: And out of all these tests, do we have a sense yet? As to who's testing positive for since th- syn- s- syn- 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 I can't say the word syn- synthetic drugs who is testing positive for synthetic drugs, you were asking whether I added to the show no, no that stays in um, so we don't know the number yet because we just started it October first
1: that's correct. um what we have been doing, and um, I'll let Mr. Robinson talk a bit about the partnership that we have um, that started our synthetic testing program, but um We've started our tested program October 1st, and we anticipate having data on the actual prevalence of synthetic use within this population over the next few months. Okay. Uh,
0: that it's going to be – the results are going to be instructive mm-hmm. as to how many are using synthetic drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, now, synthetics – can change the ingredients of what we call synthetic drugs can change, correct? That's correct. And, uh, Jerome, you were talking about, before we hit the record button, as to how you work with uh, the coroner's office and the Drug Enforcement Administration and
2: other sources, because we have the capacity to change what we're testing for, correct? That's correct, and it's, it's one of the things that uh, has really made this work for us and, and for the region, for the district. Is the collaboration between the different parties, the DEA, the Office of the Chief Medical Examiners, the Toxicology Unit, uh, different uh, uh, D.C. government agencies, social uh, entities, and so on. We've all come together to talk about this and give the information and knowledge that we have in, in our special field. And they pulled all that together. And we're at a good place now in terms of staying close to the the cutting edge or or the uh, uh, the drugs that are coming in because of this collaboration, the DEA keeps us abreast of what they 're picking up on the packets, and then once we hear that we say well let 's go look and see if we can get a standard on this or or if we can find a metabolite that we can run uh-huh. so all of uh, that 's what has happened uh, that 's the key in my opinion of, of why it 's worked so well for us okay and then of course, we had to support of the agency the leadership in the agency to to get all this done okay so
0: so everybody's talking to each other to figure out what we're going to be testing for and what it means and so if new trends come up we can be right on top of it that's correct we bought our own equipment to pull this off yes and that's that's a heck of a commitment
2: well yes it is you know the the last piece of equipment we got was a lcmsms uh, which is quite expensive, but necessary. Yeah. But prior to that, we had our, all the all the instrumentation we needed. You know. So we, you know, and I'll explain maybe later on in the program. You know how we went piecemeal in 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 monitoring this stuff from mm-hmm. one, one technique to another and then moving to something else and then uh, doing the partnerships and collaboration and all of this. So, so yeah, I mean, the agency p- provided the instrumentation that we had prior to, to getting the LCM SMS, and then they went and, and got the LCM SMS. And I, I, I've been extremely excited and happy about that.
0: Now we have committed within our budget to test For every sample that comes in, 25,000 samples a month, we're going to be testing all 25,000 samples a month for synthetic drugs. Correct. That's an amazing commitment.
1: It is. Um, we realize, though, the severity of the issue. Um, we, As Mr. Robertson said, we are very close partners with the Metropolitan Police Department, with the entire district government, certainly mm-hmm. um, up through um, Mayor Bowser's office, with the United States Attorney's office, and everyone is talking about synthetics. And with PSA being the agency that does the testing, we recognize that that placed an, a responsibility on us to actually go out and to procure the equipment that would allow us to provide this critical information to the community at large.
0: Okay, but my conversations with my peers throughout the country when we talk about synthetic drugs is that very few people out there are testing for synthetic drugs. We're, we're not just not testing. We're testing every single sample of every person at lockup, every person mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. pretrial Uh, that's going through drug testing, every person who's going through parole and probation supervision through court services and offender supervision agency. That is a huge commitment.
2: Yes, it is.
1: It's absolutely a huge commitment, again, but our investment in the Washington, D.C., Uh, Community requires that. Everyone is interested in ensuring and maintaining public safety here in the district, and we see it as an investment that's well worth it. We're trying to keep D.C. a safe place for people to live, work, and visit, and we see that as part and parcel of our responsibility in, in carrying out that mission.
0: So the bottom line is, in terms of what it is we're testing for, the various components of synthetic marijuana. Um, or synthetic drugs. The, the vast majority, of those all of those components we're testing for, and as they change, will change as necessary for all twenty five thousand samples a month. Again, to me, to me, that's a huge undertaking. That's not happening throughout the rest of the country. That's just my information. I don't know if that's completely accurate, but that's the sense that I'm getting from talking to my peers throughout the country. Um, synthetic drugs are obviously illegal. I, mean, I want to make that point clear just in case we have anybody who's caught up in the criminal justice system listening
2: to this well, podcast. They, they have to be scheduled. Correct. I mean, you have to realize, and I think you already know this, that there are hundreds, maybe thousands of of compounds that come under that terminology. Yes. And, uh, of course, the DEA doesn't schedule every one of those. They yes. schedule the ones that, that they see as becoming a problem. Uh, if they, they hear of people being getting sick or dying from some of these compounds, they'll put it on their schedule. So, um, you know, we we monitor the schedule that they they create, um, and and we base our components on that schedule. So, right now in 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 the LCMS, we're looking at thirty one compounds. Okay, you know, and uh, the uh, the screening method looks at about. Uh, I think close to the same amount. Mm -hmm. It depends on what what they are. But
0: we'll change it as necessary. I mean, the coroner's office has said, hey, we're discovering this new compound, DEA. We're discovering these new issues at the East Coast. So we can change and reflect that and report that back to the courts, report it back to the parole commission.
2: And that's what we've seen. I mean, when we first started, we saw JWH 018, 073, and then that dried up. And then we had to move to something else, and then the UR 144 and the XLR 11 came in. What what has uh, amazed me is though the X, that's been several years, the UR, UR 144 and XLR 11 still showing up, mm-hmm. and that's what we mostly see. But recently there've been uh, ch- uh, AB Chimanaka, AB Fubanaka, uh, AB. Pinaka, all these Pinnacle names have been added to the to the profile. All right. So, you know. so the bottom
0: line is, if that person who is caught up in the criminal justice system is using synthetics to get around the drug trust, drug testing requirements, that person is in for a big surprise very shortly. Yes, Th-
1: that's the message that we'd that's like something. to convey. Right. That, and
0: that is the message: is that where if you were doing this to get. To fool us within the criminal justice system, that stops on October 1, 2015.
1: Correct. We think that um, part of the reason why you may see certain spikes in use is for that very reason, that people believe that you can use these substances while under criminal ju- justice supervision and use them undetected. Mm-hmm. And so we um, we recognize that challenge. We're prepared to, to meet that challenge to the extent possible. Um, to your earlier point, we are constantly trying to keep on top of the changing um, compounds just to make sure that we're trying to keep pace as quickly as possible with what we see out in the samples,
0: synthetic drugs, synthetic marijuana, um, is oftentimes being sold in storefronts throughout the District of Columbia. Um, this is—I want to make this perfectly clear—being we have a national audience. This is happening throughout the United States. This mm-hmm. is—you know—it's it's in Milwaukee, it's in Los mm-hmm. Angeles, it's in mm-hmm. San Diego, um, and I would dare say for our 20% of our audience that are international, it's in your city as well. Uh, it looks almost like a pack of hot rock from Mm -hmm. years ago, Mm -hmm. from from decades ago. I mean, they're very... Um, colorful packets, they look like something that you would buy for 50 cents and, and like a candy almost. You get the impression uh, when you buy synthetic um, marijuana, synthetic drugs, that this is something that has to be legal because, gee, look at the packaging. I mean, heroin's not packaged yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, cocaine's not packaged that way. Amphetamines aren't packaged that way. That way. This is packet, packaged in such a way to convey to people that this must be a legal drug because, my goodness. I'm buying it from the local grocery store. I'm buying it from the local gas station.
2: And also to attract the younger uh, individuals uh, in in the community, teenagers and so on. Although, you know, large... Portion of adult populations using it too?
0: Well, obviously, uh, I mean, we deal with adults on supervision. Um, So we're we're talking about, um, you know, CISOSA, it's 12,000 on any given day. Um, The population for pretrial on any given day, Leslie, is about
1: 7,000? Just over
0: 4,000. 4,000, I'm -hmm. sorry. So right there, you're talking, you know, in in the ballpark of of 30,000 human, oh, I'm sorry, uh, 20,000 human beings on any given day. Uh, The people going through lockup, I mean, that's tens of thousands of people a year, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. I don't know the Mm -hmm. number uh, off the top of my head. So this is an adult population taking this. But the really scary thing is that these packages make it seem to kids that this is safe to take.
1: Certainly. I mean, the packages are labeled not for human consumption. However, we know that um, as they are presented, they are fairly attractive. And I think you're absolutely correct in that when you see something on a store shelf, you make an assumption that it is safe for some type of human interaction. I would um,
0: I would make that assumption.
1: And so, I, I again, our hats are really off to um, the city for the efforts that it has undertaken to crack down on the sales of these particular substances. I think they've done a phenomenal job with both Regulatory efforts and enforcement of those to really try to get these products out of the stores just because of the dangers that can be associated with their use.
0: We're more than halfway through the program. The topic today is synthetic drug testing. Uh, the fact that as of October 1, Pretrial Services Agency, who does the testing at lockup, that does the testing for pretrial, and does the testing for uh, Court Services and Offender Supervision Agency, those on parole and probation, um, as of October 1, all 20. 6,000 samples a month, 25,000 samples a month are going to be tested for synthetic drugs. Uh, at our microphones today, Leslie Cooper, Deputy Director Pretrial Services Agency for the District of Columbia, and Jerome Robinson, Director for Forensic Research, again at Pretrial Services Agency. Both uh, of our agencies are federal agencies, www.psa.gov. So, what do we see? Um, what do you suspect is going to happen come October 1- one, um, I would imagine word is getting out little bit by little bit to the, the population uh, that uh, we're now testing for synthetic jugs. Um, what will that mean?
1: I think um, what will begin to happen is people will begin to recognize the use of synthetic drugs in a way that we already recognize the more commonly known substances. So again, from a risk mitigation standpoint on both the the pretrial and the CSOSA side, what you'll see is our continued existing response to abuse of any drug. What we do in those instances is when positive um, drug tests are are, um, received on an individual contributor, we coordinate with the releasing authority, alert them to their use, we may which means
0: the courts in your case for pretrial.
1: Correct. For us, it, it's going to be the courts so on the CISO side. It would be the parole commission or or the court for someone who is on probation. And so we will notify that releasing authority, let them know what our efforts have been internally to try mm-hmm. to to um, to try to stop the um, abuse. And then when we're unable to stop the use on our end after providing probably both sanctions and an opportunity for treatment, mm-hmm. we then do refer back to either the court or the parole commission and ask them to take um, to take.
0: Okay, so the bottom line is that this is a person that could be really facing jail time, prison time, if the person doesn't comply with their standards of supervision, what is expected of them on the pretrial level and on the parole and probation level.
1: That's correct. Um, A violation of a drug testing condition by repeatedly testing positive um, could result in a revocation of supervision. So, yes, that's correct. And
0: we do know that those individuals, taking a look at your data, Leslie, Mm -hmm. um, the individuals that don't do well Mm -hmm. uh, on pretrial supervision uh, are the individuals who are caught up with heavy-duty drug use.
1: We do have um, information that shows that those people who are suffering from some form of of addiction um, tend to to, to do more poorly in terms of their outcome. Again, our primary outcomes at pretrial are to ensure that they're not rearrested during the pendency of their case and also to make sure that they show up for court each and every time. And we do find that there are variations in the outcomes for individuals who are using drugs actively during the period. And
0: we we find within court services and offender supervision agency, those folks who are in pretrial, I mean, those folks who are in probation or um, uh, coming out of prison, uh, that it's the heavy duty drug users who don't do well. Uh, The Mm -hmm. people with mental health issues mm-hmm. drug issues co-occurring mm-hmm. disorders so so Finding out who the here we go again, synthetic drug users are, and intervening meaningfully in their lives is part and partial to public safety
1: absolutely we, um, we consider um, substance abuse to be one of the primary domains that is necessary to be examined in order to put together a community supervision plan, and that 's either at the pre trial or post adjudication phase it's
0: and absolutely- criminologically speaking that 's been the basis for drug testing for decades i mean The best practices as of decades ago is to drug test. And research indicates that the more you test, uh, the less they get involved in drug use and the less they get involved in criminal-based activity. So drug testing has been part and partial, and we probably do more of it than just about any other criminal justice agency I'm aware of.
1: I think one of the benefits is that we do have our in-house testing laboratory. And so, again, having the ability to test in-house and then have a quick turnaround for results does help drug testing become a substantial part of the supervision planning process, yes.
0: And, you know, Jerome, in a lot of agencies, they take their drug testing... Requirements and they farm them out and they send them out um, to an outside lab. And, and what we have done as of, you know, since the beginning of CSOC and pretrial in. Actually,
1: t- even prior to that. Really? Prior to that. Pretrial okay. existed prior to that. And Mr. Robinson can probably speak because it's near and dear to his heart um, that uh, pretrial was, you know, one of the first agencies to actually have it. I think the first pretrial agency to have in house testing. And that dates back to 1984. Four.
2: Wow. And, and, and Jerome, have you been around for that long? Almost. I, I got here in uh, October of 1989. Okay. So they had a few years on me.
0: <laughs> so the whole idea is that bringing it in-house, having complete control over the process is part and partial to public safety. We it's When it's not sent out, we control
2: the whole thing lock, stock, and barrel. Yeah, and, and you, you can adjust... To, to whatever is coming down the pike or, or new, like, for instance, the synthetics. I mean, we were able to adjust, I think, very well to, uh, to uh, testing for this.
0: We control costs that way, correct? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot more expensive if, you've, if you farm this stuff out. Uh, it, it can be, Yes. So we control cost, and we have the flexibility to move in any direction we want. And I think that's part and partial to the federal commitment to the public safety in the District of Columbia, the fact that we have brought it in-house, it's always been in-house, it's under our control, and we have the flexibility to move in any direction we want. We're not dependent upon renegotiating a contract with an outside vendor. Yes. Okay. So what is the major
2: misconception about synthetic drugs? Uh, first is that they're not dangerous. Right. And in the early stages, uh, they may have been not as dangerous as they, they are now.
0: Mm-hmm. But they've like, gotten increasingly
2: the, more dangerous. Well, the thing is they change them so much. They, they tweak it so much. You don't know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so now, like I mentioned, some of those other compounds, they're coming in. And if you remember the problems we had this summer with people in in the homeless shelters, uh, overdosing and whatnot. Yes. And I suspect that a lot of these new compounds were coming in and affecting the population.
0: Yeah. And, and we really never have, you know, it's, it's not like it's the, an FDA-approved drug where they say, oh, by the way, we've changed the
2: compounds. When you ingest this stuff, you don't have a clue as to what you're ingesting. You, you haven't, that's, that's the big problem. You don't know what, I mean, the chemists don't know how it affects people. They just mm-hmm. change the drug and put it out. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no quality control in this, this business.
0: So what worked in terms of testing last week may not necessarily work immediately because we would have to get the data from the DEA, get the data from the coroner's office, get the data from other criminal justice agencies and change our formula in such a way to be sure that
2: we're testing for what's on the street. Well, we, we have to, of course, like you said, be aware of those compounds and work with our partners and in the industry to uh, uh, to to cover those drugs. Okay. Uh, so that that's a little much, uh, a bit of a lead time. You have to work on that, but but it's
0: doable. Okay. And Leslie, the bottom line in terms of all of this, in terms of the biggest message that we want to get out about synthetic drugs, is hey, folks, we're testing.
1: The bottom line is do not roll the dice. It is not a safe bet to assume that if you're under criminal justice supervision in the District of Columbia that you can use synthetic drugs and get away with it.
0: And if you're not currently under supervision of pretrial or probation or uh, people coming out of the prison system, uh, just be locked up for it. If you're locked up and it's turned into a positive, that that's something that can have an effect in terms of either your release or your future involvement in the criminal justice system. So the bottom line is is that beyond health reasons, because I'm not quite sure why anybody would ingest something that they are completely unaware of what it could do. I mean, the the chief of police here in in the District of Columbia, Kathy Lanier, has justifiably said that there are people out there who just pass out, um, who are committing Bizarre behaviors, or mm-hmm. they're being involved in criminal activity. I'm not quite sure that they set out that evening to be involved in bizarre or criminal behavior. I, I think that uh, being under the influence of syn- synthetic drugs has a way of, of creating uh, or contributing to violent behavior, correct?
1: I think you make a very good point in that um, synthetics pose a tremendous um, a tremendous challenge to both the, the public safety and the public health systems. Um, I'm pleased to hear that within the District of Columbia, we are partnering very effectively, I think, across both sides of that, just to make sure that we're covering it from every aspect. But I do want to just underscore what you just said, which is that you don't know what the outcome will be. You don't know what it'll be on your health. You don't know what it'll be with your status within the criminal justice system. And those, to me, are two very good cautionary reasons to why you should avoid um, using synthetics.
0: And the Metropolitan Police Department here in the District of Columbia and law enforcement agencies throughout the United States are cracking down on the use of synthetic drugs because, again, anything, if, you, if you've ever seen and watched the television show, and we'll post the television show in the show notes um, that we did about a year and a half ago, um, the packaging of this makes it so uh, conducive to kids' Ending up taking this and that could produce a psychotic episode. That could have an impact on that child for the rest of their life. Yes. So this is something that everybody needs to stay away from. And the criminal justice system is now testing it and recognizing it's it, it's dangerous. And that's the bottom line. Correct. That's correct. All right. Anything else that I leave uh, left out, Leslie or? Anything that you want to put in?
1: Just to reinforce the fact that, um, you know, we are definitely committed to continuing to look into new and emerging um, drugs. My hat is absolutely off to Mr. Robinson and the entire team over in pre-trials laboratory that is actively working day in and day out to identify those new compounds and really help to keep us on the cutting edge so that we, again, can keep D.C. a safe place to be.
0: Because the bottom line is is that the components of drugs – are always going to change to some degree, and we've got to stay on top of this. And so we are staying on top of it by having uh, folks like long-term veterans Drew and Robinson and bringing that process in-house and having our own equipment and committing the budget. Absolutely. To 25,000 samples a month. I want to thank my guest today, Leslie Cooper, Deputy Director of Pretrial Services Agency for the District of Columbia, and Jerome Robinson, the Director of Forensic Research, www.psa.gov, www.psa.gov. Ladies and gentlemen, this is D.C. Public Safety. We appreciate your comments. We even appreciate your criticisms, and we want everybody to have themselves a very, very pleasant day.